It's so good to have everybody here this morning. We are continuing our series, Bear Fruit. Uh, we're learning how to become more like Jesus. That's, that's our goal every week here, how to become more like Jesus. What's the goal? Anybody remember from the 90s, Pinky and the Brain? Any teenagers of the 90s? What are we going to do this week? Right. Same thing we do every week, Pinky. We're going to take over the world. That's right. Same thing we do every week. We're here to become more like Jesus. That's it. Oh, yeah. That, that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. So Jesus says, as we abide in him, he abides in us, that his spirit actually takes root in us. Yes. And develops this Jesus fruit. We become these Jesus fruit bearing branches. And so that's our goal here. And Paul describes this fruit of the spirit. Do we have any VBS alumni here who can do who can call it out? Love, joy, peace, patience, patience kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness too. Woo-hoo. Gentleness and self-control. Hey, we got spirit. How about you? There we go. You got it. <laughs> so this is going to be fun because today we got our kids in here and so all the families are in here and uh, Melissa and I are going to tag team and we are going to be doing a fruit of the spirit double header. And you get to vote on your favorite fruit of the spirit. No, no, there's no voting. <laughs> Melissa's going to touch on kindness, first of all, and then I'm going to co come and, and talk about goodness. Mm -hmm. And these two are really a wonderful pair because they really do work together in this beautiful way. There's also some interesting uh, distinctions between them. So first, <laughs> let's watch this clip. This is better. <clears throat> so uh, turkey can never beat cow, right? Turkey can never beat cow. Okay, the, the turkey burger, it did sound very nice. <laughs> it did. But for most of us, there's no substitute for a beefy, juicy burger. Amen. For most of us, I know there's outliers in here. Um, and I feel the same way about a Coke. When I go to a restaurant and I ask for a Coke and they say, is Pepsi okay? I want to reply, is Monopoly money okay? Um, I don't, I don't, I don't say that. But I mean, turkey burgers are nice and nice. Pepsi is nice. I guess. And nice is nice. Nice is nice. Nice is, is good. It's nice to have manners. It's nice to be polite. It's nice mm -hmm. to say, excuse me. It's nice to say, please. It's nice to say, thank you. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's nice to let someone in front of you in line. It's nice to let someone in front of you in traffic. <laughs> it's nice to open the door for somebody? These are nice things. Sure. It's, uh, it's nice to pick up some trash that's not your trash. It's so nice, you guys. Um, and, but really, anyone can play nice for a moment. Anybody can do that from anywhere. Anybody can be nice. Mm -hmm. Nice doesn't cost much time or energy. It really doesn't. Nice is low-hanging fruit. Mm -hmm. Nice is easy to grab. And it's easy to toss someone a grape like, I love your shoes. Or toss them another little grape and say, your hair looks great. Or toss another grape and say, you smell good. <laughs> right? These are, these are grapes, but a grape is not a meal. Mm -hmm. Is a grape a meal? No. No. So people tend to conflate niceness and kindness. And niceness and kindness are not the same thing. They're not the same thing. 
Kindness is not a quick compliment or a polite gesture. Kindness is the outward expression of God's love. Hmm. And it's a powerful and amazing thing. Hmm. And not only is it an outward expression of God's love, but it's an outward expression that we can see. And that's what's so cool about kindness. Hmm. Psalm 63 declares, God's loving kindness is better than life. Mm -hmm. If something says it's better than life, I would say, study that out and pay attention to it. God's loving kindness is better than life. Oh, then we should know all about it. We should know all about it. Psalm 117 says, his loving kindness is great toward us. Not only is it better than life, apparently he's very generous with it. Mm. What good news. Isaiah 63 says, I will tell of the kindnesses of the Lord, the deeds for which he is to be praised according to all he has done for us. Deeds, all he has done. These are things we can see. The many good things he has done for Israel according to his compassion and many kindnesses. Titus 3, 4 says, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. God's mercy shown in a manifestation to us is his kindness. Mm. It's amazing. Oh, let us never confuse (laughs) niceness and the kindness of God. So who has done countless great deeds to rescue and deliver us? Who's done that? Jesus. God. The answer is always Jesus. Just, it's always Jesus. Yay, Jesus has rescued us. God's loving kindness is expressed in very real ways. And the Lord rescues and delivers his people throughout scripture over and over and over again, right? Right. That's what all of scripture reveals is God coming down and showing kindness. He rescues us over. And then finally, he comes and he makes the ultimate rescue mission happen. Jesus is the ultimate rescue mission. He's the ultimate deliverer, right? That's what our God does. The loving kindness of our God. It's just awesome. So here's how I want you to think of kindness today. Kindness is God's love reaching out to rescue others. Hmm. That's what kindness is. Kindness recognizes the oppression and the distress and the hurt and the pain of another person. Mm. And it takes action to reduce or eliminate that distress. That's the goal. And this is what God does. And this is what we are to do as the hands and feet of Jesus. Hands and feet offer rescue for those who are in distress and hurting. That's what we do with kindness. So it's not just tossing someone a grape, it's tossing someone a life preserver. Right. Right? It's keeping them from drowning. It's really bringing aid. Hmm. Kindness rescues. And kindness is going to interrupt your plans. I thought of firefighters who were on duty at the fire station and they just sat down to like an amazing dinner. And they're about to take their first bite and that fire alarm rings. Do they just go... Yeah, we'll get it in about 10 minutes. No. What does it do? It interrupts their plans. They leave their plate and they slide down that pole and they head to the fire. That's right. Because 
they have compassion and they're there to rescue. That's right. You know that's really an act of kindness. Now kids, we're doing something very special in your bag. You have a note and, you, and that is a space for you to write a note. We're going to give it to our local fire station, to our firefighters to say thank you for all you are doing and thank you for rescuing people and thank you for working so hard and sacrificing. And then we've collected sports drinks and energy bars and we're making them a big gift basket just to show them Super we love cool. them. Yeah. And Kids World appreciates them. And so all that has been collected up front and you have your note. So write your note today and then we'll take it to the table and leave it so we can give them a big package because we want to show them kindness. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Gatorades and energy bars can offer some rescue. Mm -hmm. When you're tired and you need a boost, this is a good thing. Rescue the rescuers. That's awesome. Kindness is going to interrupt your plans. Kindness is going to cost you energy and time and possibly some money. Mm. Kindness, like every other fruit of the spirit though, it's not automatic. It's not all the time our natural default. Because being filled with his spirit means we're going to choose the character of God over and over and over, maybe over our own default that we have that day. And I love that we're talking about the fruits of the spirit in a way that is understanding we don't just wake up and have them all we get to partner with god to cultivate them and build them That's right. and it's kind of like a, a habit like if you want to be good at the piano what do you got to do you got to practice you got to practice if you want to be good at basketball what do you got to do practice you got to practice yeah. you don't just wake up one day and you're amazing right it's the same thing with the fruits of the spirit we're not amazing at them all the time every day mm -mm. but you know what you can get amazing at surrendering and partnering with the Spirit of God. That's it, yeah. And leaning into what he's doing. And then the more you practice love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, the more often you'll do these things and the better you're going to get at doing them. Mm. Which is, the, is awesome. Amen. So, here's how to be kind. Because I know we want to know, how do I be kind? And I can wear a kind shirt. <laughs> but does wearing a kind shirt make me kind? No. No. Right? It's not a substitute. It's not a substitute for the real thing. So kindness, I love this verse in Colossians. It says, therefore, as God's chosen people, that's you, yeah. holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Okay, so here's how to be kind. And this verse is so beautiful. And I love that it says clothe yourself because what do you have to do every day when you get up? You got to get dressed and clothe yourself, right? This is what we put on every day, every day. First and foremost, the way to do this is the way you do it with cultivating every fruit of the Spirit of God. Be surrendered to the Spirit of God. That's number one. None of this comes by osmosis. None of it comes by just hoping. It's surrender to the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit to help us communicate and learn and grow and be comforted. And that's how we do it, is by the Spirit of God. It's not on our own. Jesus' fruit. It's his Spirit. So every day you get to wake up and you say, oh, today I'm, I am a child of God. I'm God's chosen. And Jesus made me holy. So right. I am holy. And now 
because I know I'm loved, I'm going to flow in that love to someone else and I'm going to put this on, the mm. Spirit of God. I'm going to be partnering with God in this today. Right. And I'm going to clothe myself with compassion and kindness and humility. Because God gives us access to his fruit, but we have to receive it and cultivate it deeply within us every day. So remember, our definition of kindness is God's love reaching out to rescue others. So here's what I want us to think about kindness as today. I want you to think about kindness like a hamburger. Which is fitting because how many times has a burger rescued you? <laughs> really, right? So we're going to think about kindness like a hamburger, but this is a spiritual burger. It's spiritual. Spiritual burger. Okay. And it's going to help you do two things. It's going to help you cultivate kindness in your life, and it's also going to help you troubleshoot why it's sometimes hard for you to be kind mm. in certain situations. Because you might have an ingredient missing. Okay? So let's look at making a kindness burger. This is what we need to have kindness. All right. The three main ingredients is found in that scripture in Colossians 3. It says, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, and humility. So the first ingredient that we need is compassion. Compassion. I mean, kindness is a patty, but without a bun, it's not a burger, is it? Right? Right. So we have our meaty center, which is kindness, but we, we, need, we need a bun to go with it. So that top bun is compassion, and compassion is being aware of the needs, of the hurt, of the distresses of those around you. And it's not just being aware like, oh, I feel sorry for them. It's being so aware and so filled with passion for them that you want to reduce it or alleviate it or help eliminate it in some way. It compels you to action. It's with passion. It's compassion. So we have to have that. That's the first ingredient. And in fact, if you look in the Psalms, if you look at Jesus and his life, it'll say he was moved with come. Passion. He was moved with compassion. And in the Psalms, it always pairs compassion and kindness side by side, mm. all the time. That's true. Lord, you're loving compassion and your kindness. Yeah, it, it's always their best friends. Because without compassion, there mm. is no kindness. Mm -hmm. Because without the awareness of distress, there's no need to rescue. Mm -hmm. and, and God is so good at looking down and knowing when, when we need deliverance and rescue. And so he's asking us to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. The bottom bun is extra delicious. It's humility. <laughs> and humility is just that basic idea that I am going to put someone else above myself. Mm. You know, for this moment, I'm going to stop my schedule, my agenda, my plan just for the person that is starving over here and I'm going to help them. The person that's drowning over here emotionally and I'm going to help them. Right. Humility is saying I'm going to put others before myself. And that's a very Christ-like thing to do. Mm -hmm. Putting others before yourself, that's great humility. But humility also does something else which I think is very special. Humility recognizes you can't solve the whole problem and that's okay, but you're willing to be a piece in the right direction. That's right? Cool. So we might think I can't help the homeless of Houston, it's too big of a problem. But if you're aware of a need specifically that you can see, you can make a contribution toward that need. Mm -hmm. You can help the one person you know about. You can donate things to the local ministry. There are things you can do to contribute toward rescuing others. That's true. And humility sees that too. Mm. 
Now, if you can look and say, no, I will say that. I was going to skip something, but I will. Well, there's no reciprocity with humility. We don't do things because we're going to get paid to do them. Center point isn't being kind to give us lights and all right. I mean, they're paid for it. And humility, we do things knowing we're probably not ever going to get paid back, and that's okay. Amen. In fact, sometimes my dad always says the best thing to do is do it for someone who can't pay you back. Okay. It's the best time to do something. And so humility recognizes this is not this is not a quid pro quo kind of life. Mm-hmm. And that's a really powerful characteristic of humility. It's freely given. And so if you can look at yourself and you can go, okay, I want to be kind, but there's no one around me that needs help. Everyone's doing great. Ask the Lord to open your eyes of compassion. Because I promise you this, there are people in your sphere who are hurting and in pain and need something. So just ask God, God, help me be discerning of when others are hurting. Ask God to open your eyes of compassion. Or maybe you're very compassionate, but you're just like, I just don't got time. I can't, I, I can't, I don't have time to help anybody. Mm. I don't have time to volunteer. I don't have time to contribute. I don't have time. And that would be, Lord, help me have humility to put my time and my agenda at your feet to do what you want me to do. That's really good. And so we can do it like that. Mm. But maybe, maybe you're like, I've got all these things. I'm super compassionate. I really want to be kind to people. I am totally humble. God gets all the glory. I don't want any glory, but I just don't know how to help and I don't know what to do. Mm. And even if I see someone, I, I, maybe, I, I get really nervous and, and I get scared and I, they probably don't need my help and what do I do? And I have a secret ingredient for you. Do you want to know the secret ingredient? The secret ingredient to kindness is brave sauce. <laughs> Grape sauce. That is some high-level graphics you, team you have there. I have a great work. graphics team. Man. Brave oh, sauce. Man. Now, not everybody needs brave sauce. Some people are like compassion and humility, and I'm going to be kind, and they don't need it. But sometimes, sometimes we need that little extra push because I'll tell you this about kindness. It is very intentional, and it's very self-sacrificial, and that's very vulnerable. That's true. And when you feel vulnerable, it feels risky because it is risky. And you know what Brave Sauce does? Brave Sauce says, even though I feel vulnerable, and even though this might be a little risky, I'm going to relentlessly obey what God's telling me to do. Mm. That's what Brave Sauce is. Brave Sauce is, okay, I I don't feel uh, super confident about this, but I know God's telling me, so I'm going to do it anyway. And do you know Jesus did this in the garden? In the garden, what was Jesus doing? He was weeping and he asked the Lord, what? If possible, let this cup pass. But you know what Jesus did? He had all the brave sauce in the world and he obeyed anyway. Jesus obeyed Mm. because that's what love compels us to do. No matter what we're emotionally feeling, brave sauce says we're going to do it anyway. And that's what being brave is, is doing the thing regardless of how you feel. Mm. That's what being brave is. That's good. So we're going to pour that on. Because kindness is hard. Kindness demands bravery because there's some risk sometimes, mm. but the reward is always the glory of God. Mm. The reward is always shining his love. And the reward is rescue and redemption. So kindness is Ruth. You remember Ruth? Ruth 
refused to leave her mother-in-law. And she didn't want her to be alone, so she went and traveled with her to an unknown land to protect her mm. and to help provide for her. That was kindness. Kindness is the good Samaritan. The good Samaritan who sees an injured man almost dead on the side of the road, and he can't ignore it. He can't ignore his hurt and pain, so he picks him up off the ground, and he takes on the responsibility and the time and the cost of taking care of him. Mm. Kindness is Harriet Tubman who made the dangerous journey to lead enslaved men and women to freedom over and over again. Mm. Kindness is Meep Gies, who smuggled food and supplies to the Jewish family hiding in the attic of her office building for over two years. Mm. Kindness is Mother Teresa, who dedicated her life to care for the impoverished mm. and the orphaned and the disease, but you know what else kindness is? Kindness is my friend Johnice, who when she heard that the number one request of the homeless community in Houston was clean socks, she collected clean socks and she made care bags for them with snacks so that they would have some clean socks and the things they need. And kindness is my friend Diane, who runs nourishment for the needy and takes donations and goes every single week to the community to give them food and clothing to those that need it. And you know what kindness is, kids? Kindness, kids, is when you see someone in your class or at school who is lonely, mm -hmm. and you go to them and you say, you can sit with me. You can be my friend. Come play on the playground with us. That's and good. that's a little, a little bit vulnerable because you don't want to be rejected. But you know what's even more brave sauce is when you're the one that feels lonely and you go tell them they can sit with you. That's kindness. And never underestimate the power of rescuing someone from their loneliness and their isolation. Mm. It'll change their life. Amen. It'll change their life. And you know what, grown-ups, we can do that too. Yes. We can look around a room and we can find the one that's by themselves and we can say, hey, sit with me. Hey, be my friend. That's kindness. So kindness is how love rescues others and rescues from all kinds of things, from hunger, from poverty, from loneliness, from pain, from shame. And I believe that the key to the body of Christ flowing in the greatest giftings and anointings of God that demonstrate his power and his healing and his redemption are through kindness. Hmm. It's through kindness. Because in kindness, the miraculous things of God are unleashed. Look yeah. at Ephesians 2 with me. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness, kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Amen. That's what the rescuing power of love looks like. It is kindness. Mm. In fact, think about John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave. What is the giving part of love? It is kindness. This is the great kindness of our God. Mm. 
and the compassion and humility and the brave sauce of Jesus took him all the way to the cross to rescue us. Mm -hmm. He did the ultimate rescue. Now listen, you don't have to do the ultimate rescue. Jesus did it. You just provide those moments where the Holy Spirit can come in and reach out a hand and bring someone closer to the arms of God, mm -hmm. closer to his love, closer to his provision, closer to his goodness, closer to his peace. That's what we're doing. You want to be uh, like Jesus? You be kind. Now, I'm sure Jesus was nice, but I'm born again because Jesus was kind. Amen. Jesus is kind. So we need to be kind. We need to show that same sacrifice, that same compassion, that same humility. We need to see those around us. And I believe the supernatural things that God wants to do is through the acts of kindness. Because when you see someone hurting and you are motivated by the compassion of God, you can't not help them, you can't not pray for them, you cannot believe the greatest things that God has for them. Every act of kindness, I believe, brings more of the kingdom of God into this world. So are you ready to be like Jesus? Say, I, I will, will be kind. Be kind. Amen. Amen. All Amen. right. Okay. So I'm going to spend a, a few minutes talking about uh, this next fruit of the spirit of goodness. The fruit of the spirit of goodness. When, uh, when we were back looking at the, all the fruits of the spirit back before we started this series, this was the one I was like, I want that one because this is like a challenge. I, I like a good challenge. And to me, and I don't know about you, like goodness just feels like sort of a, sort of very general. It feels like sort of a catch-all, like goodness. Like it's not often you see somebody just like walk in the room and you're like, whoa, look at like Dave or Tiffany. They just like, they exude such mm, goodness, good. right? It's, it's sort of like, okay, it's good. That's great. So it's, it feels sort of generic. Um, but we do all come across goodness uh, in our lives. And for many of us, the goodness test shows up at an early age. Uh, from for The big one for a lot of us growing up, if you're like me, usually came around December 1st. Uh, every year as we stood in line at the mall waiting to talk to the big guy in the big red suit and the big white uh, beard. And you're standing there and you're thinking about all the things that you want for Christmas. I want to, you know, you got to tell him, I want, you know, I want this toy. I want to go to Disney World. I want a puppy. I want this game. I want all this stuff. And then you get on his lap and then comes the, dread, the dreaded goodness test. Uh-oh. The goodness test, right? Scott, have you been good this year? And I don't know if you're like me, you knew that question was coming, but always wasn't really sure how to answer it exactly like that. Like, have I been good this year? Like, every day, complete, like 100%, have I been good, what, like, compared to Jesus, compared to other kids, compared to bank robbers? I don't know exactly how do I answer that question, you know, and it, does Santa, does he talk to Jesus? Because my, you know, I know Santa's got like these little elves all over the world, you know, like spying on kids because he knows if you've been good, but does he talk to Jesus? Because I, my Sunday school teacher told me that Jesus never sleeps and he knows everything. So is Jesus reporting on me to Santa? Because there's no way I, you know, can hide from both of them. So it's a very stressful question. Have you been good this year? And uh, so, but it does get into how do we define that? How do we define goodness? How do we define that as Christians? Are you saying, am I good compared to last year? Am I good compared to, compared to? It's always compared to. So what, is, what does it mean to be good? And what is this word goodness? Um, 
No, because this is me. I'm going to teach you some Greek today. And uh, how many, kids, how many of you know the, old, the New Testament 2,000 years ago was written in a whole different language? It wasn't written in English. It was written in? Greek. Greek, that's right. It was written in Greek. And so we're going to learn a word. Uh, the word goodness in the New Testament was this word agathos. Everybody say agathos. Agathos. Agathos, it's fun to say. Now, this word agathos actually means something that's got some pretty interesting uh, meanings in the original language. First of all, this word agathos, goodness, is used to describe things that fulfilled their purpose. Things that fulfilled their purpose. Things that did what they were designed to do. And we kind of got this today. Like if, if you're a chef and you say, well, I had this really good frying pan. Well, that means it really fries stuff good. It's a great frying pan. Or if you're, um, you know, a, a repairman and you got a hammer, this is a good hammer, right? It's not going to fall apart. It really drives in the nails. If, if you go and you get some really crummy computer uh, from the store and it's always crashing, what do you say? You say, this computer is no... Good. No good. It might be good at hammering nails, but it's not good <laughs> at computing. It's no good. It's not doing what it's function for, mm -hmm. what, what, it's, what it's designed to do. We see this word good show up right in the very beginning of the Bible in Genesis 1. It says that in the beginning God created and it was good. good. Everything was functioning. Everything was doing what it was supposed to do. And that word is used over half a dozen times in the, in the first chapter of Genesis, uh, things that are declared good because it's functional, fulfills the purpose that God made. We see the word goodness pop up again uh, in Genesis 50. It says, when Joseph looks at his brothers and he says, what you intended for evil, God used for good, good. for his purposes. So good means it's being used for the purpose. And it reminds us, of course, of the verse in the New Testament, Romans chapter 8, where Paul says, God will work all things together for the good of those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. You see how these, these concepts are always, they're always coming together, goodness and purpose, goodness and purpose. So we can be people. So goodness, there's something about goodness that's like flowing in your purpose. It's like doing what you were meant to do. And, and so even though we know there is evil in the world, we know that God is good. Why? Because he is able to take circumstances, even the worst circumstances, he can take them and bend them to accomplish his will, his purpose in the long run. That's what makes God so awesomely good. And so bearing this fruit of goodness means to fully flourish in the purpose that God has created for you. There's another way that this word goodness is used in scripture, though, and that is to describe the character of God, the character of God and anything that we do that reflects the character of God, that good character. Psalm 23, 6 says, his goodness and his mercy will pursue us all of our lives. Galatians 6 says, let us do good to everyone. Do good to everyone, right? Uh, that's how we are acting like Jesus. We're becoming more like Jesus when we're doing good. Uh, Ephesians 2 says, we were created to do good works. So notice here, there's also a, a, another element to this goodness. It's, a, it's doing. There, a lot of time we think of goodness as sort of just this inward virtue. Um, kind of like you were saying with kindness. You know, we think of kindness sometimes as niceness. And there's, that's not the same thing. It's not the same thing at all. And goodness is not just 
being good and like feeling pious about things, right? When it's, it's not just a state of being, it's so much more. Goodness is a state of doing, right? It's a state of doing. It's, it's us working out the purposes of God. And so we might understand goodness as love in action. This is love in action. Goodness is intentionally and strategically, we're pushing back against the forces of darkness in this world to allow the light of God's goodness to shine in there. So goodness is love in action. Acts chapter 10 says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing Doing good good. and healing all that were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Mm -hmm. So notice it doesn't say that Jesus went about being good. I'm sure he was being good. But the point is that he went around doing good. See, Jesus is good because of the good things that he does. He redeems that which is lost. He, he liberates that which is in bondage. He restores community to people who are in exile. He, he heals the sick and he brings sight to the blind and he helps the lame to walk, right? He welcomes the little children. This is Jesus. And he, he, he gave some really questionable characters the opportunity to become his disciples. That was a very good thing for him to do. He went about doing good and pushing back on the darkness of the world that, so that the goodness of God could be on display. And then notice what Jesus says in, in Luke. He says this, But I say to you that are listening, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. Notice that. Do good to those who hate you. Don't just think good thoughts. Don't just think nice thoughts about people. Do good. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. And if anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other one also. If anyone takes away your coat, don't even withhold your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. So Jesus shows us here that goodness isn't just found in our actions, it's found in our reactions. Goodness is, it's, it's, goodness is, is love in action, but it's love in reaction, right? This is what makes Jesus also so unique from some of the other philosophers of his day. You know, there were a lot of philosophers back there in the ancient era who said it was a nice thing, it was a, it was a noble thing to uh, forgive people. If, if someone did you wrong to forgive people, other people said that. But it's only in the words of Jesus where we say to actually love those who hate you. To not just be nice to them, but to love them. To love them. That's the spiritual fruit of goodness in action and in reaction. Now, is that easy? No. It doesn't come natural, does it? It doesn't come natural. It, it's, it's comp- actually, it's pretty much impossible without God being the one who is growing his fruit in us. See, remember, this is the fruit of the Spirit. I, and I heard someone say it's a lot easier to act like Jesus than to react like Jesus. There's a lot of truth to that. It's a lot easier to act like Jesus. You can like prepare yourself. Okay, I'm going to go out today. I'm just going to act like Jesus. Here we go. I'm going to be good and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to act like Jesus. But what happens when that first thing, someone throws you know, the curveball at you. And that's where our opportunity to be a choice maker comes in. You know, the things that we weren't expecting, someone disses us, someone disrespects us, they hurt us in some way. What are we going to do? Are we going to throw it right back? Are we going to react badly, throw it right back? Or do we react with love? That's goodness. That's not just being good, that is doing good. Mm-hmm. By the way, this is pretty funny. Do you know what, we'll, we'll learn one more Greek word today. Do you know what the Greek word is for the opposite of goodness? For badness, you could say, or for the New Testament uses the word evil. Do you know what the word in the Greek is? Kaka. 
What a great description of badness in the world, right? Of all these things that are just wrong. The Apostle Paul even tells us how to handle this world full of caca. He says this in 1 Thessalonians. He says, make sure that nobody pays back evil for evil or wrong for wrong. He says, it says almost exactly the same thing over in 1 Peter uh, chapter 3. This don't pay back caca for caca, right? <laughs> when people throw their caca at you, we just, we don't throw it back, right? <laughs> you ever been to the zoo? You ever watch monkeys in the zoo? That's what they do. You get too close or like you make fun of the monkeys or something like that, they'll throw it right at you, right? Well, that's what monkeys do. We let the monkeys do that. We don't do that. It says, don't return caca for caca, but always strive to do what is what? Good. There's the word agatha, agathos. Do what is good for each other and for everyone else. So we don't repay bad for bad, evil for evil. We do what is agathos, what is good. Even the people who are around us, the people you're going to come in contact with, people every single day, kids, adults, everybody, you're going to come in contact with people who fling their garbage at you, right? People... Like us, though, people who were, were connected to the vine, we're growing Jesus fruit, right? Because we're connected to Jesus. We're not going to enter into that way of living. We don't have to respond the same way as, as the world does. We're going to always say, what does good look like in this moment? How can I express kindness, even if they're not expressing it to me? Uh, the founder of the organization Youth with a Mission, YWAM, you've heard of that organization. His name is Lauren Cunningham. And he said a beautiful thing. He put it this way. He says that their motto, when they came up with the vision for this organization, uh, YWAM, he says their motto has always been, no matter what evil in the world they face, whatever caca gets thrown against them, he says this, minister in the opposite spirit. Minister in the opposite spirit. Whatever gets hurled at you, you come back in the opposite spirit. Wherever there is greed, sow generosity. Where there is hate, love, right? It's like the prayer of St. Francis, isn't it? Be brokers of peace in a conflicted and a fallen world. Sow hope in places where all seems lost. Minister in the opposite spirit. Pray for the person who wants to hurt you. Pray for them. Mm -hmm. To the one who wants to curse you, find a way to bless them. To the one who speaks evil of you, speak a word of praise. Goodness redeems and restores even those who mean you harm because you're operating in the purpose God created you for, right? We were born into the world, but God has adopted us. He's adopted us as his children. He says, you have a new highest calling now, a new high calling right? And this is how we walk in that calling. And he, when we walk in that calling, when we're allowing him to flow through us, we're doing what we're called to do. He looks down just like he looked down at creation. He says, this is good. He calls it good. He calls you good. Not because you're perfect, not because you do everything just right, because you're walking in what you were called to do. Amen? So what does it look like in your world, kids, grown-ups, everybody? What does it look like to minister in the opposite spirit? What does kindness, what does goodness look like in your workplace, in your school, in your neighborhood, with your friends, with your family? What does it look like in the world of politics? What does it look like with your neighbors on social media? What does it look like to walk in goodness, to walk in kindness? Remember again, we're talking about the fruit of the 
spirit, spirit. right? This isn't the, the, the fruit of your incredible willpower, right? This isn't your, your impressiveness. This isn't that. This is the fruit of the spirit. This is what God wants to cultivate in all of us who will let his love nourish us while it pours out into everybody we come across. I believe this is what God is saying to the church today. In this, in this whole series, it's what he's been speaking to us. He's saying that I want, he's saying, folks, I want to grow you. I want to grow this fruit in you so that goodness and kindness just flows as naturally as breathing. Wouldn't that be good? For it to just flow right out from our spirit. Not something that we're having to like really try every day, but it just, it actually flows naturally because it's supernaturally flowing from the inside of us. So today, we want to pray for you this morning. We want to pray for every single one of us that this week we would be aware of the presence of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives, wanting to guide us. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to just heap more rules on you. You've already got a lot of rules you got to follow. The Holy Spirit doesn't want to do that. He wants to open our eyes to all the little opportunities that you and I have every day with the people we come across, just in your natural course of life. He wants to open your eyes to those opportunities, the people we, have, we cross paths with, so that we can ask, how can I show kindness in this situation? How can I be the, be the arm of rescue in this situation? How can I show goodness? What does goodness look like? How can I walk in my purpose here in this situation? What does love in action look like? Amen? Amen. Would you bow your heads with us this morning as we pray? Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the example of Jesus. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that just like you breathed into us, you breathed your life into us when we received Jesus as our Savior, that you continue, Holy Spirit, to breathe life into us every day in the form of this fruit of the Spirit. May we grace other people with kindness and with goodness as you have graced us with. Thank you for walking so close beside us this week, Lord guiding us to make better choices, nudging us away from evil, those things that would tempt us, nudging us away from those poor choices, Lord God, nudging us away from those unchristlike reactions that used to come natural. May we represent you well, dear Lord. May we grow into the ambassadors of the kingdom that you've already called us to be. Oh, Lord, oh, how we look forward to the men and women and children that you are shaping us to become. And in the beautiful name of our crucified and resurrected Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. 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 Well, if our prayer partners would come forward at this time, if there's anybody here who would like prayer, we invite you to come forward and let these guys pray with you. Uh, whatever's going on in your life, it's not the same when we pray. If you want to say yes to Jesus today for the very first time, we encourage you to come forward and let these wonderful people just lead you in that prayer, lead you in that next step. To just it will change your life. It totally will just change your whole outlook on knowing his grace and his love for you. Amen. So if you will stand to your feet, my friends, may the love of the Father and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and may his kindness and goodness pursue you wherever you go this week in Jesus' name. Grace and peace. Amen. Bye -bye. Amen.